You are listening to Backstage Pass Podcast, hosted by Hannah Trigwell and brought to you by Top. The Backstage Pass Podcast is a guide for upcoming artists and newcomers to the music industry. Each week, I speak to experts in different fields, and in this episode, I'll be talking to touring sound engineer and producer John Rupp about his best times on the road and how he juggles several different musical projects at one time. Hello, John Rupp. Hello, Hannah. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. You are a sound engineer and producer and so many other things. A lot a lot um, of hats, yeah. And all around good guy as far as I'm concerned. When we toured with Boyce Avenue, it was it was just always good vibes. Always. I miss you dearly. I miss you as well. Yeah, you were one of my favorite things about touring in Europe. Every time I saw Hannah on the tour pass, I was like, yeah. <laughs> Get to yeah. hang out with Hannah. <laughs> it was really good fun. It, was, it really, was really, really good fun. Are you excited to get back out there? I am, yes. However, it's been nice sleeping in my own bed. You know, it's something I wasn't able to do a lot the last decade or so. Yeah. But, you know, I'm yeah, I miss the world. I miss live shows. I mean, I just miss feeling a kick drum hit me in the chest. You know, that's the big thing. Yeah, that's that's one of the main things I remember of, of sound checking with you and Boy 7 News just... Just the kick drum on and on yep. and on, yep. reverberating around a massive room. Yep, you got to make sure it hits everybody. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For the audience of Backstage Pass Podcast, I'm going to ask you some quick fire questions. Perfect. So they can get to know the real you. Monitors or front of house? Front of house. Touring or recording? Right now I'm going to say recording. Cap or no cap? Mm, cap. <laughs> Only because... <laughs> Only because I don't think I've ever seen you without a cap on. <laughs> I know. I, I rarely take it off, honestly. Bass or treble? Bass. I heard that people love bass and, and bass sounds generally in music because that's what you hear when you're in the womb. Huh. You learn something new every podcast. So tell me, what are you up to right now? Uh, studio manager for a place called Soundmind Studios. It's in the mountains of uh, eastern Pennsylvania. It's called East Stroudsburg, PA. Um. So yeah, I've just been producing records, staying busy, mixing a lot, mastering a lot. Um, I also manage a band called The Spill Canvas, who um, they're getting ready to release a new record in the next few months, which I actually produced it. I mean, of course, I produced it alongside The Spill Canvas guys as well. They're All of them are great songwriters, great producers themselves. Um, yeah. You know, So it was really easy for us to get in the same room and kind of make a pretty outstanding product. Um, and then the owner of the studio I work at, his name is Dan Malsh. He was actually the mix engineer for that record. Also designing buses for a custom tour bus company called UFO Coach. That's so mad. How did you get into doing that? Pretty crazy story about, I'm going to say like probably seven or eight years ago, I was on, I was tour managing a, an artist called Secondhand Serenade. So yeah, them. we're out on tour and the merch guy for one of our support bands um, kind of, we, you know, we became really good friends over the weeks. They're, uh, the artist is called Kenny Holland. So it was kind of his team and I became very close with his team and, uh, Vince, the merch guy, like hit me up on that tour. And he's like, man, I really, I'm thinking about doing like, like custom touring vehicles that'll like change the world one day. Wow. And you know, we, we, you know, we're all visionaries, you know? So like when you're yeah. out there, we talk about ideas for the future all the time and you're just kind of like yeah absolutely dude like let's do it sure sounds good you know you know how that goes and then sure enough 
seven years goes by and the dude hits me up and he's like, Hey man, I got the first bus on its way to you. And they're like, what? Wow. And so he got me a warehouse up here where I live, big warehouse. I can fit like three buses in it. And, um, yeah, he just buys like the empty shells, you know, sends them up to me and my team. And we, yeah, we design the whole thing, build the whole thing, make, make the bunks and the water tanks and figure out what what works best and where, what, where, what should go where. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool. So he's actually one of those guys that was able to follow through with his vision and his dream. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm always pumped to get that kind of phone call. I remember uh, talking to Alejandro about something to do with, um, it wasn't like a business venture, but we were talking about like organ regeneration and um, theories on how people could live forever. I think it was probably quite uh, late. <laughs> right, right. I like that. <laughs> Did you guys come and, up with a method yet? Uh, no. no. Like, no. <laughs> One day we'll be made out of plastic. It's great that the guy who was working on the Tolbus idea actually, actually followed through yeah. and did it because there are so many things that people have ideas about that are great ideas, but sometimes it's such a big task, isn't it? To it is, yeah. To make that happen, it really is. It's a huge task, and then, you know, I'm super proud of them too because once COVID happened, you know, all tours got canceled, of course. So mm-hmm. the the bus the has been sitting, you know, since then. But he's still able to, you know, the warehouse is paid for. He keeps the lights on for me. The Wi-Fi's on. The trash still gets picked up every Friday. Will you be able to use one of them for your own? Um, for your I, tours that you work on? Yeah, actually, it's funny that you say that because I um, actually have a bus parked in my driveway right now. <laughs> so I had I shot a music video last week on my property and uh, right. to save money on hotels, I just went and picked up a bus, parked it in my driveway, plugged it into an electrical outlet in my house and the band just kind of like lived on there for the week that they were in town. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Sa- saved a lot of money on a hotel, but... Is there one tour or like one journey where you're like that was the best that was the best oh it's done a lot of really great tours so it's kind of hard to you know all the world tours i did with the boyce avenue guys you know those were always great because you know you're in india for five days and you're in the philippines for two weeks and then you know you're in malaysia for three days so i'll always love all the boyce tours we did because they did keep us super busy and it was literally sometimes a new country every day not just you know a new state or a, or a neighboring city every day. Like when you're doing a bus tour in America or in um, Europe, you know, so the diversity of those tours and the workload that comes along with it, I do, I did really enjoy that. You know, like I'm just a, the more moving parts, the better kind of guy. I don't know why. I just, I love to have lots of responsibility, even if I'm severely overwhelmed by it, (laughs) you know, it's just kind of like, the more the merrier. Like, I don't know if you remember how I was doing monitors from front of house for Boyce Avenue yeah. for all those <laughs> yeah, years. Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, so I was tour managing, front of house engineer, monitor engineer. There was a tour also where I did design the lights and had the lights like programmed in with our backing tracks. So like technically you could say I was the TM the front of house guy. monitors and lighting designer, like all in one, you know, so... I don't know. I don't know why. Just how I've always been. Just the more responsibility, the better. You know, even 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 if you have those weeks where you can't really keep your head above water, because like it happens. You know, if I'm Mm -hmm. if I'm working on eight eight or nine records, 
while managing an artist, while building a tour bus, you know, while advancing a tour, like all simultaneously. Yeah, that's, that's intense. It turns into 18 hour work days. But then, you know, two weeks later, you look around and the bus is rolling with no problems and the tour is sold out and the records, all the artists are like, oh, this mix sounds great. You know, so it's like, it's all about those yeah. moments where everything is is going very well that makes it worth it. And when that happens and those projects are completed, do you, can you have time off? Do you, do you think like I'm having like a week <sighs> off or? Usually it's like a day or two of fishing and then I dive right back in. So, right. yeah. Anytime you see me out in the river on my Instagram posts, it means I just probably finished a big project. So that's just my downtime before the next one. How did you get into doing all this stuff? How did you get into being a sound engineer? Um, it started with drums. So I was playing in, you know, pretty interesting local bands when I was like 16, 17, 18, 19, you know, right in that ballpark. And, you know, we were touring all around in a van playing at like fire halls and little dive bars and people's basements wherever we really could. And, uh, you know, so my dream was to like be a rock star, you know, and then Oh no, just throughout like recording some demos and playing some shows, eventually the technical side of things like drew me in more than actually being on stage did. So, you know, still yeah. still to this day, a console uh, will always be my instrument of choice over drums or anything else. Um, so yeah, I just kind of like developed a love for it pretty quickly. Um, like even when we were like 16 or 17, I would take all my dad's old cassette players and like chain them together in the basement, like, and make it work so I could record something of my band's practice, even though it sounded like garbage, <laughs> you know, like still just like achieving it where I could like press record, sit down at my drum kit and then stop it and have a cassette tape that actually like recorded what we did at rehearsal that day. Like was like yeah. kind of like life changing for me. I mean, I feel like there's a new tech innovation in music every week. It's just crazy. It really is. Yeah, it's crazy. I do my best to keep up with it, um, yeah. especially with like live sound. Um, I kept those skills like very polished the last few years, you know. So even like the last last few years, if somebody was like, hey, what consoles do you know how to use? I would just say all of them, you know, because, yeah, just put one in front of me and we're going to get sound out of it. We used to get to the venues it was just always made me like excited for the show and, and happy to see you be like, yeah, look at this console we've got. It's <laughs> right. this one and it does this. And I would, I would be like, I literally know nothing about what you're saying, but you look really happy. So right. now I'm pumped. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. I actually, yeah, I, I missed those days. Yeah. The last bunch yeah. of tours I did, I carried my own console. So I had the same one every night. Did you prefer that? I do. It just makes things a lot simpler, but like, I also miss that aspect of like, what am I going to get today? Voice tours in the beginning, sometimes I'd walk in and the console would be a disaster, you know, Surprise. and so, yeah, sometimes I'd walk in and it's a brand new $80,000 desk, you know? Yeah. So it was cool. The element of surprise mixed with the learning curve, you know, something I did, I, I, I miss it a little bit, but I'd rather have my own desk. What kind of advice would you give someone who is looking to be a sound engineer on tour? Never stop learning. Never be afraid to ask a question, even if it sounds really dumb. Um, be prepared to 
not get much sleep and be okay with that. Oh yeah. Um, and yeah, just work hard, just learn and work hard. And even when you do something wrong or it's not your best mix or, you know, it sounds terrible, you just gotta, you just gotta push through and learn from every experience. Solid advice. Mm. Wouldn't expect anything less. Oh, you know, I try. What is your track of the week? My track of the week? Yeah. Ooh. Leathers by Deftones. I've been listening to a lot. And what is the best lesson that you've learned in your career so far? Keep your mics in phase. Nice. Yep. Proper phasing can fix a lot of problems. It's been awesome to catch up with you today. You too, um, Hannah. Everything you seem to touch turns to gold, and I'm glad that still is happening. I appreciate that. I hope we can catch up at some point when we can actually see each other again. Yep. Next time I'm on a Europe tour, when I come through UK, I better be having Wagamama with you. Absolutely. Yeah, is that still a thing? Is Wagamama still a thing? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah it's good, still a good. thing. <laughs> God, that yakisoba. Mm-hmm. I, I dream of it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to this episode. Be sure to hit subscribe and leave a comment to let us know what you think. And I will see you next time on Backstage Pass.